Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, I navigate the question, do I use my energy to change you or to connect to myself? Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply. Listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. Ask the question out loud and notice what your body shows you. The question is, do I use my energy to change you or to connect to myself? Notice what you feel. Notice what examples might come up. I've found time and time again that if I'm using my energy to change you, motivate you, or even talk about you, then I'm unable to stay with me. And sometimes I like that. 
When I discover parts of myself that are hard for me to be with, I instantly project onto you or the world. And by discover, I mean feel. Relationships are sensational. They are somatic experiences. Self-relationship might be the most sensational one of them all. When I focus on you, I temporarily stop feeling the difficult parts and sensations of myself inside of me. However, when I build my capacity for all the parts that exist in me, then I don't have the reflexive drive to focus on and try to fix you. Because I'm so comfy in myself that I don't want to leave that sacred space of me. It just feels too good. Trying to change someone is a trauma response. When we grow up without secure, predictable connections, we become desperate for them. This means that part of our nervous system is still very much a child orienting outward to others for safety. This means that we try to change people we're closest to so they can match our expectation of safety. I want you to be a certain way so I can feel dot dot dot. If only you were dot dot dot, then I would be dot dot dot. My state depends on your state. This is what we call codependence. And this is why we stay in situations and relationships that don't serve us. We're in love with the potential of the person or situation. We're in love with what we hope will become of it. But are we in love with the reality of it? Does the reality work? Does it feel good in our bodies? Or does fantasizing and trying to change the person create such an activation and almost like high that it helps us bypass the reality and the sensation from that reality? When we're unconsciously operating from this desperation of for secure attachment, it's only natural to reflexively use our energy to be aware of and try to change the states of those around us. And this gets very exhausting. So imagine this, you are connected to your own security. You are valid and so loved by you. Everyone around you is a bonus, but not the primary source of your safety. You are. What would you feel like if you redirected your energy from fixing others to connecting with yourself instead? What behaviors would change? Which relationships would no longer interest you? What coping methods or behaviors would dissolve and disappear? The intention of me talking about this is not to radically shift us from codependent relationships into suddenly secure, interdependent ones. That takes a lot of time. And oftentimes, our energy goes outward to change someone so that we can avoid parts of ourselves. So if we start with a simple practice, noticing when we're using our energy to change someone else, then we actually have a, a place to relate to with inside of us. I get to feel the activation, the stress, the charge, the pressure in my body that mm, pushes me toward changing you. The tightness in my jaw, the tightness from the desperation, the clenching of trying to grasp onto a part of you that I think is in there because I don't feel safe without it. When I notice the somatic experience, this physical state that comes from me needing you to be something you're not so I can feel safe, I then also become aware of where my energy is going I become aware of why I'm depressed, why I'm tired, why I'm overeating, why I have negative feelings about myself even. I become aware of that. And 
there's a, a real amazing shift that happens when I'm aware of that. Because then I start noticing, oh, I'm allowed to take all that time and energy and mind that I'm using to propel my thoughts at you or my desires at you or even my fantasies at you or my fighting or arguing with you. I can take all that, bundle it up and drink it in. It can be mine. And I can notice, hmm, instead of trying to spend an hour changing your mind, what else could I do with that hour? Maybe I should change my mind. Maybe I should relate to my own thoughts. If I am in such desperate need to make you believe something I believe, do I believe it fully? If I'm secure in my own feelings about myself or my own beliefs, why do I need you to believe me and agree with me? All of these uh, realizations and awarenesses start to come to the surface when we do this inquiry. And this is a somatic inquiry. You know, we're asking the question, do I use my energy to change you or to connect to myself? And the answer is a sensation. The answer is an image. The answer is a physical recollection from our bones and tissues that show us the lineage of using our energy to change people. Transformation doesn't come through force. And whenever I've forced someone to be something, it's temporary, right? Because I'm forcing them. It's not really who they are. It's something they're doing. It's something they're performing to make me feel better. And that's not authentic. And that's not transformation. So a big part of this practice that's very inconvenient and scary is if I don't try to change you, if I don't try to argue my beliefs onto you, do I love you? Do I enjoy being with you? Do I want to be with you? If I wasn't living for a future you, would I spend any time with you right now? The future you sometimes mollifies my present dissatisfaction. It gives me a hit of dopamine that says, maybe someday. And then I hold on to the crumbs I get from our connection. So just notice this as I speak, what you feel. What comes up in your body? What feels true for you sensationally? The mind is very confusing and very complex, but the body is quite simple. It either shows us sensations that are pleasant or sensations that are unpleasant. And when I have an unpleasant sensation in response to you, that's something for me to sit with. I don't have to even understand it. I just need to relate to it. Hey, my friends, I want to take a break from the episode to remind you that my next six-week course begins on Monday, May 2nd. Registration for this course opens on April 5th. That same day, I'll be hosting a live webinar with replays that explains how the course works, shows you what it looks like, and answers any of your questions live. Any of you that really want to get into this course, go to my website right now, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click on the course at the top, and then click join waitlist. This guarantees you a spot because you'll receive an email one week before registration opens, inviting you to early register. So then you get in before it sells out. This course is my favorite thing right now because we're joined by a global group of people, first of all, who are coming together around the same piece. 
wanting to release their stress and trauma through listening to their body. So a bunch of body listeners get to sit together live for six weeks. And through the six weeks, you have ongoing support with a private online community space we've created and from me and my team to answer your questions, help you with any technical issues, and emotionally guide and support you throughout the six weeks. For more information on the course, visit holisticlifenavigation.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So as we understand this somatic healing work around our codependence with others and how we use a lot of our time and energy and mind space to change others so we can feel secure, the real work is self-relating. Where don't I feel secure with myself? And I project and expect that onto you. Where do I think terrible thoughts about myself or about my work or about my future? And I come to you to help me soothe that. And when you're unable to be available to soothe that, or you disagree with me, or you act in a way that I don't want you to act in that moment, I get hurt and I feel abandoned and rejected by you. At the core of it, you're not really rejecting me at all. You're actually showing me who you are. You're being very honest. And it's my pain of wishing you were different that feels like a sense of rejection and abandonment. Earlier when I was speaking about growing up without secure attachments, if that's a new uh, language for you, it just simply means that the relationships in my life that were meant to create safety didn't. Whether it's your parents, your grandparents, teachers, any guardians or people older than you who were tasked or responsible for raising you, if those people didn't feel safe for you or there were a lot of ruptures or a lot of activation, abuse, pain, then you literally developed with uh, the predictability of rupture with another. And when we're growing with that predictable co-dysregulation where my body feels unsafe or stressed from your body, and that's like my childhood, the body gets to this place as an adult where it either one, doesn't trust anyone and isolates, or two, does what I'm talking about in this episode. It becomes desperate for that one person out there to feel secure with, because security was so rare with people growing up. So your nervous system didn't have the opportunity to fully develop into a self-regulating system. When we are reflected throughout childhood, when our stress and our pain is met with love and safety and regulation, we develop nervous systems of resilience, nervous systems that say, well, what goes up also comes down. My panic is loved by somebody. My insecurity is held by somebody. And then we internalize those, those skills. We internalize the actual behavior of empathy because we were empathized with. When we weren't, we experience in our bodies some abandonment and rejection as children. And then as adults, when someone doesn't do what we want them to do, we feel that same rejection and abandonment. We really want to get close to those words, rejection and abandonment. I think we use them a little too much and it causes more pain than needed. If I'm an adult, I don't know how you can fully abandon me. 
unless you leave me somewhere and I have no way to get anywhere without a car in the middle of nowhere, or you take all the money I have and I have no means to income, I can definitely see someone feeling really isolated and stuck from that. However, we overcouple disappointment with abandonment very often. I want you to give me your attention, and when I come over to hang out with you and you don't, I feel abandoned. But are you really abandoning me? No, you are showing me your capacity for connection, your inability for eye contact, talking about yourself the whole time, not asking me any questions about me, being frustrated or grumpy. That's your capacity being expressed through your behavior and actions. My nervous system is reminded through that of when my own parents or someone I loved growing up didn't have that for me. And in that moment, the experience with you gets overcoupled with the trigger and the memory of being rejected, being emotionally or physically abandoned as a child. And then we feel desperate like a child. We feel like we have no other option. We have no agency. We have no way out. We're clinging and depending on this one person who has zero capacity for us. Once we start to understand this and uncouple the past traumatic childhood experiences from present disappointing ones, we don't get triggered. We don't become uh, so activated that we dissociate or break down or feel desperate. I simply look at you. I see your lack of capacity. And I see it without a story. It's not a story about you. It's not a story about me. It's what is. I want eye contact. You don't. I'm going to go somewhere else and get it, even if it's in the mirror. And it seems extreme, but that's how as adults, we take care of ourselves and we give ourselves what feels good instead of engaging in a one or three hour argument or conversation about what's wrong with you that you won't look me in the eyes. Or this must mean this because this always happens, dot, dot, dot. I'm using my energy to try to change you, even to control you. I want to use that same energy, which exhausts me if I try to use it to change you, to pick my body up and move me out of that space with you into a new space that actually meets my needs. And to do that, I first have to notice I'm doing it, notice how it feels when I'm doing it, and give myself the pause to ask, what is it I need that I'm expecting from you that you're showing me you can't give me? So I thank you for listening. See where that takes you. And I'll see you next time. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice. What's your body doing right now? Sit with it. Let it speak to you. And let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen. For all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. To learn more about my work, you can visit holisticlifenavigation.com and sign up for my mailing list. You'll receive a weekly newsletter with specific monthly topics, free resources, and upcoming events. You can also follow me on Instagram. If you like my podcast, please leave a review and share. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. 
we tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.